Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean, the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Sunday and it's Saturday, because without two days, you can't have a weekend. Um, with the uh, the mosque shooter sentencing is happening this week, then uh, uh, nerves are raw. Uh, Jack has an interesting tale to tell shortly. The Phoenix's season is over, unfortunately. We'll speak to the coach. Uh, Gareth Ward. Uh, an entertainer of all trades joined Jack uh, on Saturday and Rebecca Gibney joined Francesca yesterday but before any of that why is Ashley Bloomfield in an ad for Labour or is it an ad? So look it, this looks like a nice infomercial about the ESR where's the scandal? Well the ESR actually was a public uh, press conference where media were invited uh, the Ministry of Health Contact Tracing Centre with dear old Ashley in the background uh, was a, a Labour Party film opportunity. And you just think for a moment, um, if the National Party or ACT or any other party, I suspect, knocked on the door of the Ministry of Health and said, uh, we're just making a campaign ad, we're trying to win the election, can you please let us use your premises and maybe a few of you stand in the background while we do it? Uh, they'd quite rightly say, no way, we're the civil service, we're politically neutral, you guys fight out the election and we will serve whoever wins. Uh, when you have the civil service helping one side or other uh, win an election, uh, that's banana republic stuff, and it takes the choice away from the voter who should be able to choose who to send to Wellington to hold the civil service accountable, uh, rather than having uh, the public mm. service that they fund uh, you know, assisting one side or other. And you yeah. know, Some people say, oh, come off it, it's just a little thing. But actually, I think this principle of separation between the government and the neutral civil service and the politics of New Zealand is a really important mm. principle. You've got to, you're talking about the civil service helping uh, the government, but uh, that implies a level of intent on their part. Isn't it quite, um, isn't it quite possible that they were thinking, well, here's, here's the, uh, a video that's going to be done on, on our efforts at the contact tracing centre, um, and we're happy to go along with that? Or do you think you're seeing something more in this? Um, I do wonder if there is a, a massive uh, endorsed celebrity endorsement career just awaiting at Ashley Bloomfield's doorstep um, when he stopped being... Uh, I forget what his official title is. Health guru. The general sex symbol. I mean, could he be uh, promoting some kind of deodorant or cologne after this? Maybe Nespresso, even? Uh, Jack Tain, uh, News Talk ZB's own uh, resident sex symbol, uh, was speaking on Saturday morning about the father of one of the mosque victims. John is going to go to the Christchurch High Court for the sentencing this week. It starts on Monday. He's already checked out the security. He feels safe. He thinks they're doing a great job. And I asked him what he wants. What will help him? What will soothe him? A life sentence? No parole? Well, said John, I'd really like to see him get sent back to Australia. Most importantly, it's essential he's never allowed out of prison. John Milne is used to standing at busy intersections by the trucks and the muck holding up his sign. Love everyone. But this week he has a message to deliver in a very different setting. For this occasion, 
John Milne has considered his words carefully. He's not really he's not really supposed to say what's in his victim impact statement, but he told me I could share with you this much. I'm not going to call him terrorist. I'm not going to call him Tarrant, said John. I'm going to look him in the eye and say, Brenton, you are unconditionally forgiven. Okay. Um, so, the, I mean, I know I'm supposed to say silly things about these segments, but I mean, quite a nice comment there from Jack and nice story. Great use of causation. Can I can I break it down at that? I shouldn't have shouldn't have trivialised it like that. I'm sorry. Um, let's uh, talk about something trivial. Sport. I'm a bit worried that some of these seasons are coming to an end. Uh, you know how, you know, we didn't have any sport and then we had a bit and now we've got less again. Uh, you know, the, the Super Rugby's finished uh, and now uh, the Phoenix are out. Here's the coach. I think most of us who are just sitting on the sideline are thinking that, look, it's been a good, it's been almost a great season, but a real bummer way to end. Yeah, look, I'm uh, very disappointed with the uh, the outcome, you know, losing that game against Perth. Um we, we created enough chances to win, I think, a couple of games uh, against Perth. So we weren't cl- clinical enough in front of goals, and, and goals win games. So that's something that we'll uh, need to improve on for next season. Yeah, it was just the final pass, wasn't it? Or just maybe that final shot, one of those kind of games? Yeah, it's one of those games where we made it difficult by conceding. You know, if you in finals football, if you, if you, you know, stay in the game, you give yourself a chance to... Uh, you know, to maybe to score one and win the game. So conceding a goal uh, didn't help. Uh, and then having to chase the game. And, and it's hard to take that risk where you, if you chase the game and do we do equalise and we make a few substitutions and then what happens when we go to extra time? So, you know, there's a lot of factors to it. But uh, like I said, it's disappointing, but I'm proud of what the team has achieved. So, um, yeah, the, the, the coach of the Phoenix has... First name is spelt U F. UK. I can't be the only person who's noticed that, you know. Um, if if that didn't entertain you, just write it down and look at it. I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure many people have noticed that, and I just haven't noticed them noticing that. But I can't stop thinking about it now. Uh, now, Gareth Ward. Who is Gareth Ward? Well. Uh, he's a bookshop owner, a hypnotist, a magician. Can't wait to find out what Jack was talking to him about. Can you just tell us a little bit about steampunk? For people who don't know what steampunk is, what is it? Yeah, so st- steampunk is basically, uh, the way I think of it, is, it's a Victorian setting, um, but with more advanced technology than they would have had in real life. So you might have clockwork robots that are better than robots we've got today or other fantastic scientific inventions so it's really just got the the rich history of victorian times and then you can make stuff up to suit whatever you want so it's it's very creative and great fun see that i've never heard it described that succinctly actually I've had lots of practice at trying to explain (laughs) it to people. So, I I mean, it it covers a whole genre of other things as well. And you could go to festivals and people dress up fantastically and all that sort of thing. But in essence, that's how I think of it and explain it. Because imagery is very important to steampunk, isn't it? 
Absolutely. It's really all about the look. And I, and I think, you know, with the writing, certainly it, it gives you so much uh, scope for using your imagination. And, and that's why I love it. But then you've got that sort of real world setting as well. So you can you can explore sort of, you know, all sorts of political and social issues and have great fun at the same time. And what drew you to, to writing steampunk of all things? Um it sort of happened to me by accident. I, I was writing uh, the novel The Traitor and the Thief, and I was going to originally set it sort of just in a straight Victorian setting, and I started adding in this weird and wonderful technology and science, and, and just so by default, it became steampunk, and then I went to some festivals. I went to the festival at Omaru and just fell in love with the genre, so it's, it's just great fun. So there you go. Um, if nothing else, you've learned what steampunk actually is today. Um, although, as I pointed out, that guy is also a hypnotist and a magician, so you might have just been hypnotised as well. Um, we're going to finish up with Rebecca Gibney, um, a very successful New Zealand actor, and she is in a new movie called Low Down Dirty Criminals. Now, look, Cohen Holloway, Robbie Magasiva, Jim's Rolston, it's a pretty funny cast. Was this a blast to film? Oh, it was hilarious. In fact, the, the, trying to actually keep a straight face was the hardest part because... Um, as most Kiwis know, particularly Cohen Holloway is one of the funniest people on the planet. And um, just playing, because I was playing kind of the serious upholsterer and he was meant to be my sidekick, but he just kept coming out with one-liners and ad-libbing that would just have all of us in stitches and Robbie Magasiever as well. So it was just so much fun. I loved it. Tell us a little bit about the upholsterer because it's an unusual character name for a start. Well, she doesn't upholster furniture, put it that way. <laughs> She's... um. She's, a, she's probably the most evil character that I've ever played. She's the anti-Jane Halifax, the anti-Julie Rafter. She's kind of... Um, she runs a... It's a, her cover for upholstery, but, but she deals in merchandise. We don't actually ever find out what the merchandise is, but um, I think we can... It could be diamonds, it could be drugs. We don't know. We never kind of find that out. But she deals in merchandise, and in this film, someone has stolen her merchandise, and she wants it back, and she'll go to great lengths to get it back. And there is one absolutely yes. hilarious scene, Rebecca, and you know the one I'm talking about. And I don't yes. think I don't think it's a spoiler if we mention that you are end up dissecting a rather robust gentleman. But the look on yes. your face, the glee, sort of just you know what? I was really concerned about that scene because I had to actually deal with obviously real um, kind of things that look like someone's inside. But lucky, luckily for us, uh, we had Gino, who is the most. He's actually worked on Lord of the Rings and Planet of the Apes, and so he made this <laughs> this stuff that looked so real. Oh wow! So in movies, when um, you know people get stabbed or cut up and stuff like that, they don't actually use real people. Huh? How do they do that? Amazing. Um, man, we've learned a lot. We really have learned a lot this weekend on News Talk ZB. I wonder what we'll learn tomorrow. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, See, you didn't realise how educational this podcast could be. Uh, I will see you then.